Well, we're going to finish the series tonight, week three of Bullies in My Brain. Um, just so that you, if you weren't here the past two weeks, I'm going to recap it for you. So week one, we talked about relational bullies. We talked about relationships um, that you need to stay out of, and relationships that might be causing tremendous pain in your life. Um, week two was about mental bullies. Um, this one was about fighting and combating the, the works of the enemy through with the word of God and using the word of God against, against the enemy. Last week I talked about combating the enemy with the shield of faith and stabbing the enemy with the word of God. That's what I talked about last week. For the last one, for the third and final week of the series, tonight we're going to talk about invisible bullies. Invisible, the, this type of bully that we might be dealing with is a little bit more intense than, than just a relational bully or a mental bully. Invisible bullies are situational things that, that you can't really explain that you're going through or that you know someone that's going through something and they can't really put a finger on it. Like, case in point, you've heard the phrase, why do bad things happen to good people? But some of you have not just, either maybe not just heard the phrase, but you've also experienced the phrase. You've ultimately experienced the phrase of, why do bad things happen to good people? Has that ever happened to you? The hard but true reality of our world is that bad things are going to happen to all of us, even the good people. I've heard many stories of um, saved or unsaved people who knew Jesus or didn't um, have gone through some major hard life situations. And, you know, because some people, some people will try to claim that it's like a, either a spiritual attack or it's something a little bit um, more intense. But I'm going to tell you right now, saved or not, Christian or not, life is very hard. I think we can all agree on that. No matter if you're saved or not, I think we, we, we try to gummy bear Christianity and say, if you believe in Jesus, everything will go good for you. And everything will go good for you spiritually if you stay on track with the Lord. But really, this physical life brings a lot of pain. And this life, Jesus said himself that you would face suffering, that you would face these things. So don't go into a tough situation saying, why is God letting this happen to me? A lot of times you got to see it as this is nothing of the Lord's work. This is nothing of, and it's just life comes with hard seasons, hard situations, hard things in life. That happens. That's given. Um, we all have moments where we don't have answers. Things sometimes just don't make sense. Um, but tonight, I want to I make space for that kind of anxiety that comes to real-life circumstances out of our control. Because not every consequence, negative belief, or spiritual attack is the issue of this hard situation. Sometimes it's just hard. Sometimes you can't understand why people treat the way that they treat you. You can't really put a finger on it. Or you've asked them and they, can't really, they don't even want to explain that. And you just have a hard situation in your life. Maybe it's a situation in your body where maybe you've heard it from your parents or even um, from aunts and uncles where you've heard of diagnosis and things like that. And you can't really put your finger on it. 
and you can't understand why this is happening. Y'all, I'm telling you this very clearly. Life is hard. And without Jesus, it's even harder. This life with Jesus is already hard. So why not walk with it with Jesus to make it just a little bit lighter? Because the thing is, is that this physical world will never promise true prosperity, but the spiritual places where the riches of heaven are, that's what the Lord is promising us is riches in heaven. So, so sometimes it's really hard things just happen. And so I kind of want to connect to this tonight. The question is, are you anxious about something outside of your control? Um, Maybe your family's broken. You're stuck in a toxic relationship. Maybe you don't have food at home. Maybe financially things have been very difficult for you. And there's things that are out of your control that you cannot put your finger on. And it's like, what if this is a spiritual attack? What if this is a consequence for my sin? No, some things are just naturally hard. You can't really put your finger on it sometimes. Because what happens is, is that the moment you put a finger on something, you try doing that, then nothing happens. You're like, was it a spiritual attack? Oh, if I, if I ask for forgiveness, was, was this a consequence for my sin? You need to understand that sometimes it's not really a consequence on your end. It's really just how hard life is. Whatever your situation is, while you may not be able to fix it, we have a Jesus who deeply loves us and cares about what everything that we are going through. 1 Peter 5, 7 makes it plain and clear. Give all your worries and cares to the Lord, to God, for he cares about you. The way that the Lord cares about you is significant because sometimes the way that the Lord cares about you is not the way you think he's going to care about you. Sometimes you're going to have a situation where you think he's going to fix it in this sense, but really he's doing something in another sense. And this is where the Lord is very, very funny because I have, I have seen him do things in my life where I needed a need in this area. And then he does it in another. I'm like, Lord, it's straight, not curved. Like I need it right here, not there, but he does it that way. And the, the beauty of why he does is because it's a true need. The Lord is only after a true need. He's not after the one you think you need. So, so when you see him, when you see him oftentimes take care of a different need than what you thought he was going to take care of, oftentimes that's the deeper need that needs to be taken care of. Because the Lord knows you inside and out. I don't know if you know that. He knows you better than you know you. So you can't really debate with the Lord because he already knows what you truly need. He can take care of that need in time, no doubt about it. But what I'm saying is, is that Sometimes he will work around that to care about you in a different way because that's a true caring. He's taking care of something that you really need. That is someone who genuinely cares about you. Yes, to take care of a one specific need, but you have a thousand people. We're, we're, we're human beings. We, we have thousands of needs. We focus on just one that's particular in the situation, but we have a branch of needs. And the shepherd's going to take care of that one thing. He's going to take care of that one thing for his sheep. You might think as a sheep, because that's what, that's what we're referenced as. People are referenced as sheep to the shepherd. That's what we're referenced as. Why? Because we can't, because a sheep or a goat cannot do anything or go really go anywhere without the protection of the shepherd. And when you start to realize that, that you're asking him, you might be wanting him to shashah you, 
You might be wanting him to rub your belly. I don't know what they do with sheep. They probably rub bellies. <laughs> um, I don't know what they do. I'm thinking of a dog. Sorry. So, so what? So you might want something from him, but really, because there would be the, there would be these times where, where the sheep, if you if you've ever grown in in the agricultural state, they would hit a fence. If there was flies that would fly into their ears and into their like like skull area, they would hit themselves against. So this is real. This is what sheep do. I'm serious. I read this online. They literally. <laughs> They're literally this, they're tiny. So when flies go in, they buzz around their skull. And what happens is that the sheep is trying to stop it by banging their head into the wooden fence. They're trying to like knock it out. But the true need wasn't for them to bang out their head on the, on the, on the wooden thing. What the shepherd does is the shepherd takes oil and he pours it over the sheep's head. And what that does is that actually calms and relaxes the, I don't know if it, if it kills them. Does it kill them? It just, okay. So they'll pour it on there and it actually calms the sheep down. Why? <laughs> I didn't go that far into research. But what that shows is that the shepherd knows the true need. So you think banging your head on a wooden fence is a good idea. That's your solution. But really what the shepherd does is that he finds the true need of what actually needs to happen. This happened all the time in Jesus' ministry. Jesus was asked a question, and he answered it very differently every single time. There was this one, there was this one person that walked up. They wanted to talk to Jesus, and it was so funny. I, think, I don't know if it was Nathaniel. But he walked up, the guy walked up, and he said, hey, these guys, these guys want to talk to you. These Gentiles want to talk to you. And Jesus said the, had the funniest phrase. He said something on the lines of like, um, if, if the seed falls on the ground too early, it won't bear much fruit and it'll die. But if it goes into good soil, then it'll spread and bear much fruit. And so I'm pretty sure Nathaniel, whoever it was, he's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about bearing fruit? This is what Jesus was really saying. If you really look into the text and you study it, what he's saying is, is that his goal was to die. So if he would have told the Gentiles before he died, he wouldn't bear much fruit. But if when he dies into the ground, it will bear much fruit. And so it'll go out to not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. And then eventually it'll hit Greece, which was the people that were wanting to ask him. He's saying, basically what he's saying is, now's not the time. I don't need to talk to these people right now. They can't hear this word until I die in the ground. And then they'll believe. And so I'm pretty sure he's like, I wish you would have said it like that instead of trying to say a whole parable. But Jesus always saw the true need when we, when we think, when we really think that need needs to be met. No, it's a symptom. It's really a symptom to a true need. So anything God cares for us, he takes care of it in a different way. You need to understand that when the Lord takes care of something, don't be surprised he takes a different route or he takes a different avenue or he fixes a different thing that you thought he was going to fix. You need to understand that because you might be believing in a God who you direct, a God who you want on your trail. And until you get to that point where he can do whatever the heck he wants, you're not following the true Jesus. So you need to write that in your book or something, if you have a book. God cares, simply put, he wants to carry your worries. What does this mean for us today? James 1.5 if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, 
and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. That is very interesting. The reason why that is very interesting, I'm going to make it very, very clear. You can ask him anything stupid or sane, and he will not rebuke you for it. Any question you have, any type of question that you deem stupid or maybe ignorant or maybe not that important, the Lord is willing to listen. That's how much he cares. How many times have you talked to somebody and you bring up a question and it really wasn't a safe moment to say it because they made fun of you for it, right? You've had certain questions where you're like, okay, I won't let them know that next time. I won't ask them that question next time. The Lord's not like that. Any question you bring before the Lord, he actually gives, gives, a, gives a, a poop. He actually cares, <laughs> period. He actually cares. Because the moment you start to recognize that because because this is what also what happens. Like I said, the, it's the Jesus that you follow is the issue. If you keep following a Jesus who you think acts like the people that you either talk to or live with, you're madly mistaken. Because the moment you get rejected by a question, you're like maybe Jesus is going to reject that question. Or like when people make fun of you for a question that you thought was actually decent, but a lot of people told you it was dumb. Does that make sense? That's where you have to really understand that the Lord does care and he's not, and he's not going to, because you need wisdom. How can you know something if you don't ask? How, do you, how can you really understand something if you don't ask the Lord? So when it comes to that stuff, you need to really understand that you have to know and be affirmed by that you will not be rebuked. For asking. Whatever your circumstance is or situation, you can ask God for help. These anxious circumstances are like invisible bullies. They keep you quiet, and you might not even recognize them as the source of your anxiety. For some of you, it's either a foreign concept to ask the Lord anything, because just like people, you have to get in a decent enough relationship with them to even tell them at least one thing. That's for me. If I don't know you, I'm not telling you anything. If I don't really know you close enough, I'm not going to tell you Jack. But what you need to know is, is that the Lord automatically gets that free pass because he made you. And he already knows what you have in that safe, which is your heart. So the crazy thing is, is that like in the song, he says, you know the depths of my heart, yet you love me anyways. That's a very affirming thing to know. Because the moment I start to tell the Lord something, he's like, I already knew that, man. I already knew that. I already knew you dealt with that. I already knew you, you, you've spoken like that. I've already known those things. But I want you to tell me because it's a relationship. If God just knew and then talked to you about it, that's kind of weird. It's the same thing with everyone else. If someone knew how your mind, like if they read your mind, that would be aggravating. That would be an aggravating situation. But the Lord knew, but yet he wants you to ask him anyways. You have to ask the Lord for help. You have to. It's a foreign concept, but however, 
There are people all around you that are hiding there also their invisible bullies, the same invisible bullies. If you don't need to ask God for help personally, intercede on everybody else's behalf. Pray for those who need to find peace in God. What I'm saying is that if you don't have those, somebody does. Everybody has an invisible bully. And what you need to understand is you have the absolute power by the Holy Spirit to intercede for somebody else. Y'all thought this was just a consuming message. This is also a giving message, outward message. You need to do the same thing that you would want the Lord to do to you. And this is where we become hypocritical. Because we want everything that the Lord has for us, but we never distribute anything. Why is it called the gifts of the Spirit? Because it's a gift for you, for you to give somebody else with. Why do they say like the gift of prophecy? Why, do I, why, why is it called the gift of prophecy? Because it's a gift for you so that you can prophesy for other people to edify them. That's what the point is. It's a gift for a gift. It's the same thing of what the Lord told Abraham. The, he told Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing for somebody else. Where have we missed that? Why have we missed that? Because we haven't truly received or we've received the blessing and kept it for ourselves. That's not a good steward of the gift of the Lord. It's not a good steward at all. To be a good steward of the Lord's gifts that he gives you or even even being a good steward of, because you can't intercede for other people, you can pray for other people. Yes, I, trust me, I believe in praying for yourself, but sometimes praying for yourself too much becomes selfish. So now you got to get to the point where you got to pray for other people. you got to pray for the people out there that don't really have that type of concept, or they're really going through something and you need to talk to them about it. Is that making sense? You need to understand that you have the power to pray for someone who is going through something that you might already have gone through. Let me make it very clear with this, especially with it being Suicide Awareness Month. If you have been a survivor of that, or you know someone who is a survivor of that, they have every power to walk somebody through that. I'm not going to take someone who's never done it before, or never dealt with that before, to talk to somebody who's going through it. That's stupid. That's stupid. Why? Because if they've never experienced on how to walk out of it, how can they talk to someone who's walking in it? That's, there's no way. Because sometimes it's not going to take a minister. It's not going to take some, what we call a spiritual high leader. Sometimes it's going to take, literally going to take the Lord to actually do that. To actually walk people through that. So all this is the two things you can do this month. I know we're getting to the end of it, but even beyond. Is the people who are struggling and the people who are dealing with these invisible bullies, you pray, love, and be there. Pray, love, and be there. Pray. You pray for their life on their behalf in the name of Jesus. You pray for that person. You pray about what's going on in their life to yourself. You telling other people to pray with them is not actual prayer. That's gossip. So you keep that to yourself. You pray for those people. Number two, you love those people. 
They don't need somebody to help them fix it. They need somebody to love them. They don't need someone to really just walk, to, to tell them, here's a motivational idea that you need to know. No, they need someone to love them because you do not have the answer, number one. Jesus is the answer, but he's going to reveal himself to them. You don't have to really do that. That's called being a fixer. And then thirdly, being there, showing up, showing up. The moment that you don't genuinely show up for that person, people take note of that. Why? Because if we're made in God's image, I have learned as well that God takes note of things. God takes note of a lot of things. Because he wants to see how much he can give you and how much less he can give you. He does it. I've seen it through scripture. I've seen it through everybody else's life. The moment you can't steward what he gave you, he's not going to give you any more. He's going to keep you where you're at. I promise you, he'll keep you there. So you need to show up because people take note of that. People take big notes of that. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have stuff in your life, you're going to be busy, whatever. But if you know what that person is going through, still be there for them. Respond to the text. Respond to them. Talk to them. Be a presence for them. Be a person there for them. Because a lot of times we see things happen like that and we don't do anything. Well, that's not my job. It's not your job. But your job spiritually is to love people. And what? And it's not just saying I love them. Because people can say I love you and never commit to that phrase. Because I've seen a lot of people in my life, and I'm pretty sure you've seen a lot of people in your life that have said I love you, and they don't meet that expectation of what they've been saying. So you have to show up for that person. You have to show up for that person. The bottom line is you need to ask God for help. If you're dealing with this, if you know someone is dealing with this, you can walk somebody through this and let them know that the Lord can help them. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here's the point. Go back to verse six. Tell God, pray about everything, tell him what you need, and thank him. Verse seven, then. You don't receive God's peace while you're worrying. You don't receive the peace of God when you're freaking out about it. The peace of God comes when you start to shift your words and your perspective and the way you speak about it and say, Lord, I need this from you. I thank you. I come before you. I'm telling y'all, the moment, the, the, the way you receive God's peace is thankfulness. It's like, what? I'm not thankful right now. I'm going through an anxious situation. How can I, how can I genuinely receive peace when I'm, not, when I'm really not that thankful right now? It works in the spirit. It's the same concept of how you're supposed to love your enemies. It's the same concept. It is something that is, does not make sense to the normal human logic, but it makes perfect sense to God. So that's up to you. If you want to receive God's peace, 
you got to remember what he's already done and thank him for it. And then once you thank him for it, and once you tell him what you need, there's a piece that it says, then, put up verse 7 again, James, then, then you'll experience God's peace. So what's happening is that you are positioning yourself to receive God through thankfulness, praying for your needs, and talking to him, and then you'll experience his peace. You're not going to experience his peace when you're wailing and freaking out about it. That's not how it works. He's going to meet you in it, but you have to change that bulb. You have to change that lens and go, okay, I need to thank him. I need to do this. And once you get to that point, the peace of God hits. Girl, you all right? What kind of bug? Oh, my gosh. Would y'all be doing this in Sunday service for sure? What bug is it? What is it? Oh. Oh. It's flying. Oh, it's good. I tried smacking it. It's okay. LOL. All right. Back to what I was saying. Yeah, pay attention. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him and all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. The only way to find freedom is to bring your needs to light and communicate your needs to both God and people. First, communicate with God in prayer. He is the only one who can give you peace and pass that understanding. Next, you find a trusted leader or a friend who knows the Lord and is a safe place, like I talked about last week and the week before. Communicate your needs to them. Don't do life alone. And don't allow your bullies to hide in the darkness. Bring it into light. So what's the application? Communicate your needs. Communicate. You have to verbally bring it to the surface. Y'all want to know why relationships don't work that well? Communication. (laughs) She said it, man, I like it. It's communication. Not truly speaking on something that could be either bothering you or it's something that you really need to bring up to the table that you've been with, that maybe you have a perspective about. Communication. This is why there's so much division because everybody wants to communicate their side, but they don't want to hear the communication on the other side. This is in every single relationship you are going to obtain. So if you can't handle it, you ain't supposed to have friends. If you can't handle that, you're not supposed to be in a relationship. If you can't handle that, you ain't supposed to know Jesus. Because Jesus communicates a lot. He communicates more than any other person in this room. If you're an overtalker, Jesus is an overtalker. Times two. The Lord is willing to speak to you, but you have to listen and communicate. You have to bring it to the surface. I've learned this from um, from Dr. Caroline Leaf. She has this article where she had this, she had this uh, dead tree, and it was hiding. It was hiding above this like um, this like blanket type thing. Like a, I think it's a towel, a towel, and it was over that. It was over the tree, but what's what happens? It was rotting. It was not uh, bearing a lot of like. Uh, it wasn't getting any like sunlight or anything. But the moment this is what she did. So she took the towel off. Once this, once the sun, once the light actually hit the tree, and she watered it, it started to grow. Why? 
Because she took something that was hiding it, she took it off, nurtured it, because something that's not nurtured or brought out of the darkness will not suffice. It'll kill you. It'll kill a tree. It'll kill a little tree thing. Yeah, don't get distracted by that bug. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Oh, my gosh. Okay, the Lord is good, okay? Don't worry. He'll get us through this plague. Um, But that tree could not grow unless that thing came off and it got nurtured. So how can you think? Listen, listen, listen. Pay attention. How can you think that you can solve that issue in your life when it's under something dark? And you're not putting water on that tree. Once you bring it to the surface, it's exposed. Does that make sense? It exposes it. So the moment you continue to hide it, and the moment you continue to keep it under the tarp or tower or whatever, and not put water on it, it screws up the whole thing. And trust me, there's not a lot of people that are trustworthy with that. But let me tell you something right now. That's what the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to think that until you keep it under that mat, there's no growing in that. Communication doesn't happen. So why would you keep it under that and not let the Lord see it? Y'all more anxious about them bugs. What's wrong with y'all? LOL. But you got to communicate your needs. You have to communicate your needs. And, the, and trust me, look, look, look. Let me, be, let me be very empathetic with you. There have been people you've trusted with certain communications, and they have failed you. I understand. Believe me. I've had people in my life I have given things to, personal things, and they took it for granted. Some people are not just not, I said this last week, some people are not good stewards with that. You've got to find someone who can you got to find someone who really can be a good steward of that. And the moment you find that, you now have an opening to be vulnerable and lift that tree up into the sunlight and say, okay, I'm going to nurture this, and we're going to get to the bottom of this so that this tree can grow. But the moment you put it under the tarp of the towel, it dies. So you've got to communicate your needs. Can I have Rachel on the keys? Communicating your needs is a big deal. If you're struggling or you know someone who's struggling, you need to be bold, step out in faith, bring your invisible bullies, help someone to bring their invisible bullies into the light. If you aren't immediately struggling, find someone who is. Pray for someone who is. Pray for them and and advocate for them. Help them move toward freedom Jesus offers. We don't have time to, commun- to be offended by a miscommunication. We need to let these communications be met. That's what we're called to do. I read, I read this the other day. They said in the, Western, in, in the Western world where we live, a lot of people in their conversation, they go from point A to point B. That's how we, that's how we, that's how we get our conversations out. We try to figure out the end point. But what people do actually in the Middle East is they sit in a circle on these little pillows and they crisscross applesauce 
and they start discussing a conversation and instead of it going like this, like from point A to point B, it goes like this. It's, they call it, I forgot what he called it, but it's like a spiral, it like it spirals down. It's a conversation that keeps going. It keeps going all the way through. We want the result now. We need a result now. But in that, in that place, they're willing to have the conversation even if it's not met. So I thought about it, I was like, huh. A lot of the times when we have a conversation with someone, we, 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 we want it to be like this. Or it's people who are struggling with something, we want to get them to this. But really, somebody who's struggling very deeply with something, it usually ends up being like this. It usually ends up being spiraled down. You can't find a true answer until you really start to dig it up. The answer is not on the surface. It's down in the ground where the treasure is. That's where you find it. You can't find it up here. You got to find it down here. Grab a shovel. Start digging up the ground. Because the moment you think it's just A to B, that's just fixing a situation and you are shutting somebody down. But the moment you start to walk them through it and give, I talked about it uh, two weeks ago, the breadcrumbs. As you continue to give them the breadcrumbs, they will start to realize and they will start to walk down that spiral, getting to an end point, but it's not a one-time thing. People who usually do it one time like that, try to get it fixed quick is either they can't deal with it anymore or somebody's shutting that thing down. But really God has, God has designed us to truly process it going down. These, the, the, people in, the people in the Middle East, like I, I've seen clips and stuff and Pastor Brandon's talked to me about it. They argue. After they debate and argue, they go have lunch together. What? How? They, I understand. I'm, I'm going to talk about it. But they're fine with going to lunch right afterwards. They're fine going do that right after. Why? Because they know there's going to be an end result, but that argument doesn't, or that process doesn't stop them from being with that person. So the same thing happens with this. If you have someone that's struggling deeply and you're like, man, this person, they're too far gone. They, 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 they need, they need help, but I can't even help them. No, you can. You just need to stay in a little bit longer and steward it. There is a lot of people who will see someone's dysfunction and give up. There, will, there are people in this world, even in the church, who will see it, deal with it for a little bit, and then walk away. Oh, they're Almost like they're saying, in a sense, you're unfixable. You're dealing with this? Oh, that's going to take the Lord to do that. And that's what we use. Yes, it's going to take the Lord to do it, but they need somebody with them. They need somebody with them. And if they're not with them, if we're using spiritual innuendos to actually back up and say, the Lord will take care of it, then we're not truly present in how God has called us to be present with others. So if somebody's communicating a need, listen in. Listen, if they're wrong, you still love them. You still walk them through it. If they are right, lean in a little bit more and listen to what they're saying. Right or wrong, you need to be present. 
Trust me, there's a lot of close friends of mine and people in my life that I have thought were completely wrong about something, completely wrong. But the moment I walk away is the moment I say, I can't handle you. I can't tolerate that. So we need to be a people, a Jesus people, who are willing to sit with people through stuff that might be uncomfortable. Because that's what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus would do. There's a friend calling at 3 a.m., needing your help, needing maybe some prayer, maybe needing something to talk about. And you say, no, guess what happens? Jesus is right there to talk to them. Because that's a 3 a.m. Jesus. It's not just a Sunday service Jesus. He's a 3 a.m. Jesus. He's a Jesus in the middle of midnight when there is no one to cry out to. He is the one that's there listening above all else. Through the noise, the Lord listens. But if you're struggling, it's time to be bold tonight. It's time to be bold. Can we close our eyes and get in a moment of prayer? The Lord is calling you to truly step out in faith with him first. It's God, then people. A lot of people will go to people first, but they won't go to God first. And that's the first step. The first step is Jesus because he is the ultimate place to stay. And if you've been running everywhere else and not going up to Jesus, then this is the time. If no, if you've been trying to find the validation and stuff from others and the Lord is literally there waiting for you to talk to him, cry out to him, he wants to hear your voice. If, if he's right, you need to respond. You need to respond. And as the series ends, I want you to know something. That the Lord knows exactly how to handle those situations. And as this month ends with, with suicide awareness, even beyond that, there is someone who is struggling that you know about that you care about, that genuinely you can walk with them. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe you've never been through that. But you can be there for someone. You can be there for someone. There are people in your life and now it's time for you to be there for someone else. Or maybe you haven't had anyone in your life and somebody needs to be there for you. That, that's why this message is for everyone. Because if you haven't had that, then you, I believe the Lord can provide that. But if you've already had people in your life that have helped you out, it's time for you to turn that corner and be that person to someone. That's a true gift a treasure one of the greatest treasures is a true person this whole series has been about the awareness month but really it's been about friendships it's really been about relationships even though the series started as that but it's all about being there for someone even for yourself having those relational bullies mental bullies invisible bullies 
if you're not dealing with that, somebody else is and you know them. You know them. So in this moment, the person you know, that is, maybe it doesn't have to be suicide. Maybe it can be something else. Maybe it can be a strong depression on their life. The situation in their life is not good. It's, it's, beyond, it's beyond horrible. And you feel for them. You, you, you worry about them. You care for them. I want you to put that person on your mind right now. Eyes closed. No one looking around. You are thinking about that one person. Let's start with that. In this moment, in your head, out loud, whatever, in the spirit, doesn't matter. I want you to intercede for that person right now. I want you to go to the Lord right now as we're in prayer. And I want you to tell the Lord, Lord, this person needs you. Lord, so-and-so needs your comfort. Lord, I've been thinking about them lately. Lord, I've been, I've been worrying about them lately. Lord, they need your touch. They need your comfort. They need your presence. Just tell them right now in your, in your head, in your own prayer moment, just ask him, Lord, I need you to help this person. Lord, if you have to use me, if you, if, if you have to use a situation, Father, I pray that you would use this, that you would, that you would do something in this situation for this person. Lord, as I intercede for them, Lord, give them favor. Give them peace. Clothe them in your love. Ask the Lord to be there for this particular person you're, you're thinking about. Pray for that person. Tell the Lord. Because, because we are called, the Bible says we are called to intercede for others. Pray, it says to pray in the spirit and intercede always for believers all over the earth. There's someone you know who is struggling right now. On the on the they are they are crawling elbow and knees for help and you need to intercede for them. You need to pray for them. Or maybe they're not and they're hiding it because they're good at hiding it. You need to pray for that person. They need the Lord. They need, you've seen the Lord do that in your own life, in your darkest hour. You've seen the Lord do that. So you pray for that person like the Lord did it for you. Lord, I pray that you would meet that person where they're at, in the place of their despair. Lord, I know you will meet them. I know you will meet them in that place of discomfort, in that place of darkness, in that place of vulnerability. Lord, I pray that you would comfort them right now. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would comfort them in this moment. Lord, that the bullies in their brain would not overcome the word that you have for them, the calling that you have on their life. I pray, Lord, for so-and-so to be redeemed by you. To be redeemed by you. Now ask the Lord to use you for this person. Because if they've been on your heart, that tells me that the Lord wants you to involve yourself in their life. Because if they're, what are they heavy on your heart for? Yes, you pray for them, but now it's time to take action. Faith without works is dead. So if you believe in this person, if you believe for that person to be healed, yet you don't walk up to them and love them like Christ loved the church, the work is dead. 
It's dead. You know what dead means? In the grave, death. It's not living. That means that faith in that work in that moment is not living. Lord, use me to reach that person. Some of you in here can say for that person in your head, I know exactly what they're going through because I've been through that same situation. Lord, I know what they're going through because I've been through that same place. I've been through that same boat. I have been through that same area. I want to I wish somebody would have comforted me, so I'm going to comfort them. Tell the Lord that there's someone there that you can be for. I just want to let you know if you are dealing with a dark place based upon this series I want you to come talk to our team or me or whatever afterwards if you feel comfortable enough and safe enough to talk about it because guess what this stuff is real and it's going to take the biggest weapon against you that you might not be comfortable with it's going to take vulnerability That's the one formula. That's the one formula that the Lord has designed us to do is to come boldly to his throne, to be vulnerable with him, and to be vulnerable with others that are worth being vulnerable to. So in this moment, if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. No one needs to know the dealings. Only God and people you trust need to know that. that's you, I want to pray over you. So Father, I just pray right now. Lord, for this person in a dark place, in a hollow place, Lord, I pray that you would step in, that you would walk through the door, that you would step into their life, that you would walk in just like you did to the disciples after you resurrected. You walked into the room and you were there with them. You were there present with them. So Lord, I just pray right now that you would do the same thing for these in this room who are dealing with bullies in the brain. Whether it's relational bullies, toxic relationships, mental bullies, thoughts and anxious thoughts that torture them in the night. Lord, whether it's an invisible bully, Lord, something that's going on in their life that they can't explain, that it's frustrating not to know. It's frustrating that it's out of their control. It's frustrating that they don't really understand what's going on. Lord, I just pray, Father, that you, Lord, out of all these bullies, Lord, that you would help them defeat these bullies in their life so that they can live in true relief, not just freedom, relief. Because when chronic pain stops, there's a relief to it because it's been going on for a long, long time. I pray for relief, not just freedom, relief in Jesus' name. Relief in their situation, relief in their mind, relief in their life. 
pray that you would guide them. And I just thank you for what you have done and what you are doing right here, right now, through the series as we end it. Lord, I just pray that you would teach us how to destroy the bullies in our lives, the bullies in our brain, and the bullies we can't even see. I just pray that you would help us, be with us. Lord, comfort us and let us trust you with what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we love you. We give you praise, glory, and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.